Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, which is now part of the High Productions family. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this episode is extra special because while you're listening to this, it's my birthday. I'm finally 23. And this episode is an extra special episode because I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate them with one of my favourite actresses from one of my favourite movies ever. And I can't quite believe I'm about to say this, but please welcome to the podcast, Lauren Mayhew. Drama school dropout, no graduation day for you. Drama school dropout, thought your whole course, now try something new. Drama school dropout. Hello. Hello. Wow, that was quite the intro. It's your birthday. You failed to mention that. That's amazing. It's not my birthday today, but when this goes out next Friday. It will be my birthday. I just had to look Amazing. at the calendar. Amazing. Well, happy early birthday. And thank you so much. I'm uh, very glad to be here. Honestly, like, so when I sort of invite guests on the podcast, I always just expect people to say no, because like at the end of the day, I'm a no one, um, like in the grand scheme of things. But like when I got the email back to say that you were willing to do it, I was like, oh my God, what, what? And then, well, like, it just goes to show you uh, if you don't ask, it's definitely not going to happen. But if you ask, who knows? <laughs> Shy kids get nothing. Yep, that's right. So, what I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first role? And it could be anything um, school shows, anything like that. Yeah. Um, I actually got into acting first in musical theater. Um, the first roles I booked, um, actually, I played Marta in Sound of Music in a traveling theater company. And uh, we have like a really beautiful performing arts center here in Tampa. And then from that, I actually started doing different commercials and things like that that shot in Tampa. And then I went up to New York and actually um, ended up booking my first national commercial, which was, I don't know if you guys had this uh, where you were, but in the States, they were really popular when I was a kid. They were called Sky Dancers Flying Princess dolls. Is that like them up. the thing that was like on a magic wand and you pressed a button and it like twelled up in the air? That's exactly it. Yeah, my little sister had one. Yep. So I did all of their uh, national commercials. And, you know, it was funny, like at the end of the commercial, they actually ended up giving us a ton of the toys that the company made, which when you're a kid, I'm like, that's it. I don't need any payment. This will do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> if only it was the same now. I know exactly. If I, I think I might be upset if I got paid in Skydance to flying princess dolls at you know at this stage. <laughs> <point. laughs> yeah, they're just like so. We've ran out of money, but we have lots yeah. of toys. Yeah, exactly. Take your pick. Yeah. Um. So the next thing that I want to talk about, and I want to get it out of the way because I said before we started recording, um, you were in a film in two thousand and four with a little actress that I don't know if anybody will have heard of. Uh, she's called Hilary Duff, and you were in the film called raise your voice and I remember and I'm going to quickly just tell the story a member of my family and I'm not going to say who I'll make it obvious used to make bootleg DVDs right <laughs> so I remember they would send like a big package of bootleg DVDs and I remember my mum and dad would like skim through them take out the horrors all that jazz and then they'd just hand them to me and be like watch what you want and there was this like random film in there called raise your voice and it must have been he only made the new films so this is probably about 2004 so I would have been six and 
I put the film on and I don't know what it was about it because I probably shouldn't have watched it when I was six years old, but I fell in love. And to this day, it's one of my favorite films ever. I watched it the other night and I was like, I've probably seen it. I'm going to hazard a guess at 200 times. Wow. It was probably when I watched it the other night, because I have the real DVD now, I paid for it. It was like, I it was the first time I was watching it. Oh, that's awesome. And then like another thing that is probably slightly on the weirder side, it was in my Tinder bio for the longest time, <laughs> like as a requirement that somebody had to like the film to match that with me. That is awesome. I love that. I love that. You know, it was honestly, it was one of the funnest um, projects that I had the, you know, uh, honor to be a part of. I, it was, there's so many young, um, phenomenal actors, like kids and teenagers in the movie that we just had such a great time on set, which I really think came through in the film. And, uh, it was definitely one of the biggest feature films that I've been a part of. And, you know, I think that even when we were shooting it, like, you know, we thought it was going to be good, but you know, you never see, you never see the full thing until really the premiere as the actor. So you've seen kind of the dailies of what you've been working on, but you know, you're not there all the time. So when I watched the premiere, I mean, I have to say that even I was kind of shocked and moved at really how um, emotional it was, especially at the beginning, you know, with the loss of her brother and everything. And uh, yeah, I, I'm very proud to have been a part of that. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it. <laughs> Honestly, I will fly the flag for Raise Your Voice UK fans. Uh, something <laughs> that I definitely wanted to talk about, though, was the fashions. Like, mm -hmm. and this isn't something that I, I only really picked up on this the last time I watched it the other night. The fashions are iconic. Like, let's... <laughs> let's just say it like you're in like a red at one point I think you're in like a red lifeguard t-shirt with a yep. black beret yep like it's iconic yep. I know I don't even know what that was honestly <laughs> I don't even know at the time it seemed really cool and now looking back I'm looking at some of those outfits and I'm like wow that's but you know just like with anything with fashion you know it goes in phases and there's trends and there's yeah. all the things so at the time yeah that was a. Uh, it's quite the trend. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been really fun as well because I'd never really looked into sort of the the backstage sort of part of the film until the other night. And I was like, oh, I wonder where this was filmed. And a lot of the locations are in LA, which yep. you don't really hear of. Like, um, I believe the school, um, Bristol Hillman, is actually currently um, a hostel. And you don't normally hear of, it's normally like, oh, we're on sets. You don't normally hear of people being out like in the actual city. Yeah, you know, we actually shot most of uh, the scenes that I was in um, downtown in downtown L.A. Um, but, you know, I think that it kind of um, I don't know, in my experience, I've usually kind of been half 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 on location, half in a studio. I think nowadays, especially because of COVID, it's more common to shoot in a studio. I just shot um, an episode of um, FBI Most Wanted that'll be on CBS. And that's actually coming out tomorrow. So well, when this podcast comes out, it will have already aired. So go um, watch it. Everyone listening right now, stop, listen to this podcast first. Yes. And then and go watch, watch it. Exactly. Um, so when I when I went there to go film it in New York, um, we did actually even even though with with COVID, we still shot on location. Um, we shot it kind of like a, like a warehouse that they had kind of made into a, a hospital looking sort of um, set, if you will. So it's interesting. I know a lot more people are doing in studio stuff now, but there are still a lot of on location yeah. stuff still happening. Mm -hmm. So before we stop talking about Raise Your Voice, because I don't want to 
teeter over the verge of being an absolute weirdo fan. I know I can't see you or anything, but can we like do the finger thing? Like, you know, that thing. And then like, oh, yeah. I can just. I'm doing it for you right now. Yep. My life is now made. I can die. <laughs> Who needs to make it to 23? Like I'm here. I'm ready for yeah. it. So then moving on, um, you became recent. I don't know if it's recent. I may be talking shit. Um, but you have moved into sort of the world of DJing and music mm-hmm. and you have a new single out and it's called boys. So everybody, after you've listened to this podcast and then gone and watched the TV show, then go and listen to her new single boys. Cause it's really good okay. actually. That's right. Yeah. So I had such a blast um, making this song. Um, the producer of the track, his name is Invita. And we actually met because we were rep by the same management company in New York and we became very good friends. And uh, this is actually our second release together. The first one was a song called Lies um, that we did together with another girl named Kimber McClay. Um, but Boys is out on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, anywhere, Deezer, anywhere that they're streaming. Um, so definitely check it out. It's, you know, with so many people not being able to be out in the club, obviously I miss that because as a DJ, I miss being able to bring beats to, you know, the masses and make them dance and all the things. So when Invita and I got together, you know, we were talking, we we're like, man, you know, we'd really love to still make something like that. Just, just, just because people aren't at clubs doesn't mean that they're not dancing around yeah. at home. <laughs> or having we're all just really jealous that Australia are getting to dance to Chromatica, I think. I know. So true. Well, luckily being here in Florida right now with the weather being so nice, there's been a lot of outdoor venues that are COVID friendly. And so I've been very lucky to be able to play at a lot of places like that. So um, yeah, you just played. played at the Hard Rock Cafe, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I just played at Hard Rock Casino um, on Saturday. So that was a total blast. They did it where like, it was interesting. So typically they do it um, at the pool, but they actually had me set up in Hard Rock Cafe inside the casino this time because they were live streaming me throughout the uh, casino, I guess. Like, so there's TVs all throughout the floor. And so I was on that and then also in all the rooms and then in some of the restaurants and bars and things like that, I guess to make it safer. Cause I don't want to uh you know have crowds congregate or whatever but so not quite as fun as you know a typical show but um still a great venue to play at and still you know a great um brand name to be a part of so how has actually has COVID been for you because I I spent the the majority of the first part of quarantine in New York City which was very very strict um you know we were lucky in the sense that the city started giving permits to all of the restaurants and um, started allowing outdoor dining um, where people would be able, you know, they they made it really nice, actually. It kind of looked like Europe. You know, they'd have, um, you know, like little overhangs or pergolas and uh, foliage outside and really pretty picnic tables and all this stuff. And so I was kind of like, man, why haven't we been doing this before? This is kind of great, actually. <laughs> um, you know, but I think, yeah, you know, you couldn't really do any of the normal stuff. Like there's definitely no going to clubs or bars. You couldn't go to museums or to movie theaters or anything like that, or, you know, indoor gyms. But, you know, you got creative. Like uh, myself and two or three of my girlfriends would get city bikes and just go bike around the city because there was no cars, which is crazy for Manhattan to be so empty like that, which was kind of a fun thing. And then another thing that we loved to do was, um, going to the parks because you could, um, you know, gather in small groups and socially distance from other people. So, you know, we'd bring a picnic, we'd bring wine, all the things and really just enjoy ourselves in the sun. So it definitely was not the normal, but in a way it was kind of nice because it made you do so many more nature things that maybe you wouldn't have done. Uh, So I have to say that, you know, there definitely were ups and downs of COVID and quarantine for sure. But um, I did enjoy those parts. (laughs) 
while I was doing sort of my research, or I like to call it legal stalking, you've really done <laughs> a lot of things. Like you've opened for Britney Spears, you've opened for Destiny's Child, you've been a ring announcer for the WWE, you've opened the pre-show at the Super Bowl, you've sang for Michael Jackson for his birthday, you've been in so many films and TV shows, raise your voice, obviously, I had to mention it again, <laughs> Trollstopia, American Pie, you're a DJ, is there anything that you want to do next that you haven't done? Yes. So next phase, so I've been doing music, obviously, my whole life, and it started off with just singing, and then I started, you know, songwriting and writing lyrics and melodies for songs and collaborating with DJs all over. And then I started DJing and being able to perform my music live as well as other people's music. The next thing that I really want to do, and I've already kind of started working on it, but it's, you know, not a snap your fingers overnight sort of thing, is I really want to be able to produce music completely on my own um, lyrics, not only just the lyrics and melody, but also everything from uh, you know, the, the bass, the drums, the synths, like the entire track itself, um, you know, and get it to kind of like a final stage sort of song. And I just have so much respect for all the producers that I work with. But sometimes like I have so many ideas in my head that, you know, I've gotten pretty good at giving notes and going back and forth and figuring out like, you know, how to get the song to sound what I want it to sound like. But I really feel like nothing will really get it exactly to where I want to be unless I can just use the tools at, um, you know, uh, you know, that are available to me and make the song from scratch myself. So at some point, hopefully you'll be hearing a release from Lauren Mayhew and just Lauren Mayhew, no and, um, you know, that I've produced and written completely on my own. Well, I'm subscribed and I'm waiting and I encourage everyone else to subscribe and wait. <laughs> but that's like some some CV, like opening for Destiny's Child, Britney Spears, singing for Michael Jackson. What has been the craziest, like, what the fuck is happening moment? I definitely think, well, there's been a few that come to mind. I mean, really, I mean, performing at the Super Bowl is a thing that even a lot of A-list, you know, performers have not been able to do. So that's not lost on me. I am incredibly, incredibly grateful for that experience. And uh, you know, I remember coming off uh, the stage and hanging out, <clears throat> you know, uh, backstage and Steven Tyler uh, from Aerosmith came up to me because he was doing halftime that year uh, with Britney. And he came up to me and like told us, told PYT, my band, that we rocked. And I was like, did Steven Tyler just tell us that we rocked? I was like, yeah, this you're like, is awesome. You're like, <laughs> so what? That was definitely uh, a pretty standout moment. Um, also, you mentioned performing at Michael Jackson's birthday. Michael Jackson has been a inspiration for me, uh, you know, ever since I was a little girl. His, you know, because for me, it's not just about, um, you know, being able to be an amazing singer or, you know, make amazing songs. It's, you know, a lot of people come together from, you know, the producers to the mixers, to the sound engineers, to the writers, to everyone to make that happen. But the real thing that I loved about him so much was also his charisma and um, ability to just captivate an audience on stage and um so it was definitely one of the main performers that I'd love to and you know to go see live and when I had the opportunity to perform at his birthday when he was there is at the Orpheum Theater in Los Angeles um when I finished like he was like like stood up and gave me a round of applause and I was like oh my god this is surreal I can't believe Michael Jackson is like standing up and applauding for me like this is crazy so um those are probably definitely the two coolest, uh, like, holy shit moments.
before we end, I, I, I like to play a little game with all of my guests and it's yeah. called Stage Right yeah. or Stage Shite. And it's three crazy drama school, theatre, all that jazz stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And one of them is Stage Shite, which is a lie. And it's our job. I don't know which one is the lie. It's all done by Heather, our producer. And it's our job to find out which one is which. And these are all submitted by listeners. You don't know either then? No, so we can play along together. Okay, great. So number one, my drama classroom in secondary school had a pretty big props cupboard attached to it. There was a bed in there and I lost my virginity on that bed. And I don't know anyone from my drama class that didn't have sex on that bed. That's disgusting. Well, how, how old is this? Did it say how old they were? So it says in secondary school. So my last year of secondary school, I was 16. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. And you? Number two, in college, and just to let you know, college for us isn't college for you. It's like your undergrad. Got it. Okay. So in college, we were doing Romeo and Juliet, and the guy, and the guy playing Tibble hadn't done any work on his part. During our final notes, our lecturer threw a condom at him and told him not to reproduce. It's one of my favorite college moments. Wow. That one's like so specific and random. I feel like that one has to be true. I hope it is. <laughs> and then number three, I went to a chemistry read for a play four years ago. And when I met the leading man, I went in for a hug and he went in for a handshake. His hand ended up on my boob. And then last year we got married. Oh, wow. So that's a modern love story for the days. So I don't know. I'm thinking. The second one I, I, I feel like is true. The first one, I mean, man, I hope that's not true. That's kind of gross. Yeah. Um, the third one I like. So I'm, I'm going to say, just because it's what I want to believe, that the second and the third are true and the first one is false. Yeah, For I'm sure. going to agree. Because could you imagine like doing a show in school and then them being like, oh, we need a bed for this scene and them going and getting that bed? Yeah, gross. I, like gross. I'm never touching that. Like, also, if you knew that everyone was hooking up on that bed, why would you why would you want to even go near that bed? I, I know. Wouldn't. I'd be like, burn it. Like, yeah, burn it. Definitely burn it. <laughs> burn it. So uh, the answer's in a little envelope here. So I'm going to... Drum roll, please. <laughs> ...the mic, because I don't want that to get picked up. Oh, thank God. Thank God, number one was... Free. Free, right? Yes! yes! Oh, like... Normally, I'm really happy to get them right, but now I'm just really happy that that isn't true. Mm-hmm. Same. I mean, like, we crushed it. Proud we of did. Us. We did. I'm, I'm, who would have thought it? I'm winning games with Lauren Mayhew. Yeah. I'm so here for it. I'm so here for it. So we come to the end now. Um, It's been so lovely chatting to you, honestly. This has been one of my favourite episodes that I've ever gotten to do. Um, And I, I know I, I said it before we started recording, but I want it on record on a serious note, Raise Your Voice is on a very short list of films that got me into this industry. And I can't sing or dance, so I had to go to the acting side of it. But like, it got me, it want, it, it excelled me into wanting to pursue this industry. So I can only thank you for being a part of something that has so dramatically shaped my life. Thank you so much. You know, I think that for anyone who hasn't seen the film, it really is just about... Um, going after your dream and, you know, connecting with what that is and, um, you know, not giving up and just keep striving towards it until you can achieve it. So whether that's acting for you guys who are listening or something completely unrelated, like becoming a doctor or a lawyer or whatever that may be, um, you know, you're probably going to get a lot of no's before you get those 
few very important guesses. So don't let those things deter you. Um, you know, when you see people, I think it's important to remember when you see successful people, all you see is the success. You don't see the years of failure and trials and tribulations and it never ends, you know, like there's always still going to be, um, you know, more failure and more hardships, et cetera. But really you just have to get those few yeses to make everything kind of move forward in the right direction. So when you think that you're alone and these other people aren't going through the exact same thing that you are, um, remember that they are. I'm sitting here inspired. I, I lost <laughs> my lost my train of thought there, but I forgot. I wanted to ask you when I said about had, do you want to do anything that you haven't done yet? Yeah. Are we going to see you on Broadway anytime soon? Because I'll, I'll pay for the raise your voice script to be written. Oh my goodness. That actually would act be, probably be a really great musical for sure. I mean, it already was kind of a musical film, so it would probably make into a great Broadway show. Um, I don't have any plans to do that. I mean, really Broadway isn't even back yet. So, I mean, no one has any plans to be doing hopefully Broadway. <laughs> I know. Hopefully. Um, you know, currently right now, um, I've been focusing more on the film and TV and also on single releases. Um, but that's not to say that I, I would love to do musical theater. It's just that, you know, especially with all of Broadway and, you know, theater being closed right now, it's not being, it's not yeah. been something I've been focused on, but you know, um, I do plan on going back to New York and when I'm there, uh, 100%, I'm, I'm sure I'll start auditioning for plays and musical theater again. Bring back Robin Childers. Yep. I will not rest until that's act. That's actually now my new mission in life. Fuck the it podcast. Actually, that actually is a pretty good idea. Uh, the musical version of that because um, I do. It's like already kind of set up. Um, yeah. To be blown away. So if anything happens, I don't want paid. Like you can have the idea. Um, <laughs> But can I have tickets to opening night? Absolutely. If there is a musical of Raise Your Voice and I am in it, you will 100% get tickets. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so happy about that. Like, I don't, you don't need to pay me for the idea. I, I write plays. I could help write the script. Um, I just, I just want tickets. Done. Um, but thank you so much for like that film and because it did dramatically shape my life. But where can everyone find you on social media and things? Yeah, because. Of if you're not following um, Lauren, what are you doing with your life? Just like when you said, <laughs> if you haven't seen the film, this is what it's about. If you haven't seen the film, what are you doing with your life? Go and watch it. It's <laughs> £9 on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I um, basically, I mean, it's very easy to find me. I'm either under Lauren Mayhew or Lolo Mayhew, which Lolo is just a nickname for Lauren, um, everywhere. So Instagram is Lolo Mayhew, Twitter, Lolo Mayhew, Facebook is Lauren Mayhew, as well as um, YouTube as well. And then I have a uh, website that has more information and stuff too. But really the main things are checking out my Instagram or Spotify or YouTube channel, and you can find really everything you, you want to know and check see. them out follow them like the shit that's on there because it's free and it helps us a lot that's true very true like you pressing like on a picture doesn't cost you anything but it helps somebody also, a lot I, I typically do a lot of giveaways and so um, a lot of times just by tagging a friend or liking a photo you're entered for a giveaway for whatever it is and a lot of times the prizes are pretty awesome Thank you so much for coming on. This has been one of my favorite episodes to record and knowing that it's going out on my birthday and that I've been a fan of you for what, 17 years now since I first saw the film. Like it's a really, it's a really cool full circle moment like that this is going out on my birthday. So thank you so much for being a part of this. Yay, of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Um, and honestly, like I hope that you and all of your family make your way through the rest of this shit show of COVID as safely <laughs> as we all possibly can because like I said, I want tickets to raise your voice on Broadway. 
That's right. Well, I um, hope you guys get through safely as well. I'm sure yes. we all will. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for listening as well, guys. Um, but thank you. I'm like a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you so much for coming and being part of all of this. I'll let you get back to normal life and that now. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye. And there we have it. Another episode of Drama School Dropout completed. What a ride that was. Lauren is one of my favourite actresses from one of my favourite films, as you'll have heard, throughout the podcast. So that was that was overwhelming. And I had a bit of a fangirl moment, but here we are. We're, we're racing through it. Um, thank you so much, guys, for listening in at home. This podcast really has been my saving grace over the past couple of months and the brief time period that I did it in 2020 because it's, it's gave me something to do and I'm not sort of climbing the walls while we're all locked up at home. So thank you so much for continuing to listen and I hope that you will carry on listening because we've got some super cool guests coming up. And remember that during the whole month of April we are doing double drama school dropouts so two episodes a week, Tuesdays at 12 and Fridays at 5 and those are all British summertime time zones. So on Tuesday I'm going to be talking to Connor Clark McGrath from Netflix's Sex Education. It's a cracker of an episode that I can't wait for you all to hear so make sure you're back here. Same time, same place, 12 noon on a Tuesday for your episode of Drama School Dropout. And remember if you're feeling extra generous follow us all on social media we love it boost my ego and if you're feeling extra extra generous please scroll down and leave us a little rating and a review it makes me feel good it boosts my ego and i love it and remember if you've got any cool stories for stage right or stage shite you can email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com and all of those emails go straight to our lovely producer heather thank you so much guys for listening at home it genuinely means the world to me and i will see you again next time or you'll hear me again next time. Bye. Drama school dropout. No graduation day for you. Drama school dropout. Fuck your whole course, now try something new. Drama school dropout.